Dancing with a Black Elephant? Who's Dancing with a Black Elephant? What is Dancing with a Black Elephant? Who's Dancing with a Black Elephant? Dancing with the Black Elephant? From Yeshiva University, this is Andrew Boyarski, and you are listening to Dancing with the Black Elephant. On September 11, 1918, the Boston Red Sox defeated the Chicago Cubs to win the Baseball World Series. Babe Ruth played for the Red Sox, and he actually pitched a shutout in Game 1 of that series, although this would be the last time he would play for the Red Sox before he was traded to the New York Yankees. On that same day, the U.S. Navy would report that 26 sailors died in and around Boston from influenza. This was the 1918 pandemic influenza event, what is commonly called the Spanish flu, and officials in Washington at the same time, realizing their fears, reported that Spanish influenza had arrived in the United States and was starting to spread rapidly. By the end of the pandemic in the United States, over a half a million people would die from the effects of the 1918 flu, with estimates of around 40 to 50 million deaths worldwide, or 4% of the global population at that time period. In the next three multi-part episodes, we will focus on pandemic influenza, or pandemic flu for short. We'll explain what a pandemic flu is, its potential impacts in our current time, and what actions are currently being taken to prepare for this. We spoke with several sources in the areas of public health, healthcare, and insurance to get a better vantage point on this type of public health emergency. In episode number six, our first on pandemic flu, we spoke with Jessica Cole, who was a senior incident-specific planner for the Office of Emergency Preparedness and Response at the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. In this role, Ms. Cole is responsible for the coordination of planning for a wide variety of possible threats, such as novel disease outbreaks and radiological incidents. Prior to this position, Ms. Cole was the agency's pandemic influenza coordinator. In this capacity, she was responsible for the planning and revision of the agency's pandemic plan. Prior to her positions in DOHMH, Ms. Cole was an adjunct professor in emergency management, a pandemic planner for a major financial institution, risk management consultant, and pandemic program manager for a private medical services company, in addition to working for four years as an investigator for New York City's Department of Investigation. She received two masters, one in social sciences from the University of Chicago and the other in criminal justice with a special certification in terrorism studies from John Jay College. She attended Barnard College as an undergraduate. In part one, we spoke about what a pandemic influenza is and its potential impacts. I'm here with Jessica Cole, the Senior Incident Specific Planner for the Office of Emergency Preparedness and Response at the Department of Health and Mental Hygiene for uh, New York City. And I want to thank you very much, Jessica, for joining the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. So my first question is, with the 100-year anniversary of the 1918 pandemic uh, influenza event, what many people know as the Spanish flu, coming up, and the impacts of that event, as many of our listeners might not be aware, what were the impacts of that event, the specific sort of responses and uh, specific aspects of that uh, type of influenza pandemic, and what might we expect of the potential impacts of a pandemic flu in our present time? All right, so I'm going to step back a little bit and talk about uh, pandemics in general before I talk about the um, very interesting and specific situation in 1918. For those who might not have been following uh, recent news in terms of 
discussions ongoing about uh, pandemic threat. Uh, pandemic influenza is, a, is an influenza virus that has no previous exposure in human communities, and so there's no innate um, immunology to it. That um, and anyone is basically potentially uh, can be can be potentially infected, and which can spread easily from person to person. So it's that last. Um, element that's really important in terms of classifying uh, a pandemic influenza. Other diseases can be a pandemic without being influenza. For example, HIV is a pandemic. Um, there are viruses that aren't influenza that are of concern for becoming a pandemic. For example, SARS or uh, MERS-CoV, which are things that have been in the news relatively recently. But for specifically, uh, we're talking about um, influ influenza, which is related to the seasonal um, influenza virus, but it's different in that we haven't seen it before. Um, historically, uh, influenza pandemics happen pretty regularly. Um, just recently, there's the 1918 uh, event, as you mentioned. Also, 1957 and 1968, which most people are, are unaware of. They're, they're not quite as well remembered. Um, people might have been more familiar with the 2009 pandemic or what was known sometimes as the swine flu pandemic. And I would say with changing globalization and increased interaction with host animals like pigs and chickens in certain parts of the world, we can expect to see more potential viruses turning into pandemic strains. And uh, right now the CDC, for example, has a list of what they consider viruses of concern. Um, they include the H5s, the H7s, the H9s. So in the news, you might have heard them, for example, referred to as H5N1 or H7N9, maybe H5N2. These are all strains that are currently circulating where sometimes people become infected and sick, but have not hit that critical stage of being transmissible from human to human the way you would see with a seasonal uh, flu virus. In terms of how a, a pandemic can impact us, it's a global event. Uh, that, is, that is part of the definition of what a pandemic is. It can take place between 12 and 18 months with at least two waves of severe illness um, lasting several weeks each. Different locations will be impacted differently. Um, in fact, during 2009, we had some fascinating uh, data that came out of our surveillance and epidemiology that showed that different boroughs had different levels of disease illness. So we can talk about a, a pandemic being very global, but it also has a very local aspect to it in terms of, of who's ill and how many people are ill. So something for people to consider when they're planning for it. In terms of what it would look like from a medical perspective, um, in the U.S. we can expect um, between 20 and 30 percent of the U.S. population, or actually the global population really, would have um, a clinical illness with estimates anywhere from the moderate to 64 million ill in the U.S. to very severe, which would be like 96 million. Um, in terms of what that might look like in terms of death for a moderate pandemic, maybe let's say 48,000, which is in line with what we see every year with seasonal flu. Um, and from very severe, it can be almost 2 million. And that's just in, in the U.S. alone. So these are very concerning numbers, but I would like to highlight the vast majority of people get the flu, get sick, and do recover. So as much as we like to focus on kind of these, these, these sort of like heavy numbers, I do want to kind of highlight that the flu is something that, that we can recover from. One of the things to keep in mind that's different in a pandemic versus a seasonal flu is that there is no vaccine. Uh, there is new guidance coming out from the federal government that we can expect a vaccine in approximately three months. That's less time historically. There has been a lot of money and, and funding and support for uh, new ways to do vaccine uh, production, tested and uh, vetted the same way that any seasonal flu is, seasonal flu vaccine. 
but it still takes time from identification of the actual strain that infects humans to production. And so it's, it's several months, which means that you're going to have a wave of pandemic strain influenza where we have no medical countermeasure other than antivirals. In terms of larger impacts, it's everything. It's, it's global, it's social, it's medical, it's emotional, it's financial, both at the individual level and also the global level, with estimates currently at uh, between uh, 550 to 570 billion or 0.07 of global uh, GDP. These are very concerning numbers in terms of the larger impact on um, the economic and social structures. You know, people talk about supply chain, but it's also people's ability to pay their bills if they can't go to work. In terms of 1918, you know, the only real difference between what happened in 1918 uh, and now is that. Um, you know, the individual care and treatment of somebody with flu hasn't really changed very much. We do have vaccines now, which is huge. We do have antivirals now, which is recommended, especially for people who might be in a, in a particularly vulnerable category. But um, a lot of the same kinds of impacts in terms of people being out sick, about um, businesses having to close, about uh, recommendations for closures of public events, these are all things we would expect to see during a current pandemic that we also saw in 1918. The one thing to kind of keep in mind about 1918, it is was considered a very severe pandemic. Whereas 2009, which was a deadly pandemic, wasn't as severe. It was a much more mild uh, pandemic, but still caused a lot of economic and personal medical impact. So these are all different ways that a pandemic can uh, impact us. You know, we don't know until a strain emerges who's actually most at risk. So during 1918, we talk about impacts. It was young, healthy, working adults is not something we normally associate with flu. During 2009, we saw a lot of illness among children and pregnant women was a category that uh, emerged. Well, we are thinking about a lot of different impacts, but it would be something potentially new. It could be uh, people who are older. It could, again, be young, healthy, working adults. It really depends on the strain um, and the, the kinds of ways that people might become ill from it or, or remain to be seen. So this is part of the work that we do is preparing for all eventualities. We spoke with Jessica Cole, who was a Senior Incident Specific Planner for the Office of Emergency Preparedness and Response at the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Look out for other parts of our conversation and episodes on pandemic flu at our podcast site. Find out more about our programs, including our MS and Enterprise Risk Management, at our website, www.yu.edu forward slash K-A-T-Z or CATS. We would like to hear your feedback on our podcasts, so please send us any questions or comments to us at catspodcast, K-A-T-Z-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at yu.edu. Thanks for listening.